Beloved greats, Marie DePorte here, God's Greatness Ambassador. The great news, it's God's will for you to be great. Thank you for tuning in tonight, tonight's final night of the Major Prophets uh, sermon series. Uh, thank you so much. The, the past you know, several nights have been just amazing. Um, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in and joining in. Well, I want to get started um, right away uh, into uh, our final segment on the prophet Daniel. Please click like, comment, and share this broadcast. Hallelujah. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Uh, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, it's God's will for you to be great. Please click like, comment, and share this broadcast in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So my name is Marita Porter. I am the host, and this is the final night of the major uh, prophet sermon series in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Praise God. And I'd like to thank everyone who has uh, attended and viewed and watched to watch the replays. I've watched all the replays uh, many times over. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, very happy and thankful for all of our great speakers. Um, and I'm excited about tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a Friday night. So we want to uh, have a great word on this Friday fall evening uh, in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Again, thank you for tuning in. Please click like, comment, and share this broadcast on uh, the prophet Daniel. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm going to get right into it in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hallelujah. Praise God. It looks like we are good to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Click like, comment, and share this broadcast. Engage with me uh, in Jesus' name. I, I welcome your prayers. Hallelujah. And before we get started, we're definitely going to pray. So I'm going to pull up my screen here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So uh, I'm just going to start in a word of prayer. Uh, again, if you're just now tuning in, this is uh, the final night, uh, night four of the Major Prophet Sermon Series, hallelujah, where we covered uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And tonight, I will be ministering, preaching, and teaching on Daniel the Prophet. So I'm so excited. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's get started. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for this series. Thank you for all of the, the blessed dynamic speakers that uh, are serving you with our whole heart and you've allowed to allow them to share their gift, their knowledge and their faith in this series and it has been a blessing thus far. I pray God that uh, you would minister to me and that you would speak through me uh, and that your spirit, oh God, your spirit of greatness and excellence would take, would go forth and that people will be blessed, the hearer be blessed uh, and ultimately the goal is for those souls to be saved in Jesus name. Hallelujah. I'm your willing vessel of greatness, God, and I thank you for this opportunity to share your word in a mightiful way in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, beloved greats. Hallelujah. It's God's will for you to be great. I am excited. Hallelujah. Just give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You made it through your week, beloved great. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. So tonight, beloved Grace, we are on our final night of the Major Prophets sermon series on Daniel. Hallelujah. Praise God. I am so excited. Um, I've been praying and, and, and meditating and preparing all day. So uh, I'm excited about uh, what God is going to say and speak um, through this broadcast. Please, love Grace, click like, comment, and share and let's get underway. Hallelujah. I'm going to share my screen here and we're going to get right into it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Welcome. The Major Prophets of God uh, sermon, virtual sermon series uh, has been an excellent series all week in Jesus name, starting even with the opening remarks on Monday uh, in Jesus Christ, my name. So um, this series was about uh, the major prophets of God, their major prophets and minor prophets. This series uh, is uh, the, the major prophets of God, um, coming from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, found in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. Hallelujah. The theme, the purpose uh, of the series was to bring together dynamic speakers uh, who would lead us through the lives of the, of the major prophets in the Bible, their divine purpose and power 
to proclaim repentance to God's chosen people. Beloved Grace, if you are saved, uh, if you're born again, you're following Jesus with your whole heart, you are God's chosen people. Hallelujah. And as, it ref as we talk about the Old Testament, God's chosen people were the Israelites. Hallelujah. The first church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're going to go ahead and go forth to the next one. Let's see. I am Marita Porter. I'm the host. I'm so excited. Let me just... I'm the host in Jesus' name. Uh, God gave me this idea a couple of months ago uh, to put together this sermon series, and it just has been a blessed one. I love delving into the word. Um, I am God's greatness ambassador. Please visit my website, maritaporter.com. Lots of good ministry uh, uh, resources on there and connections to, to other people's ministries that will bless and edify your life in Jesus' name and your walk. Praise God. Hallelujah. I am tonight's dynamic speaker. Praise God. Hallelujah. Again, Marita Porter from Columbus, Ohio. I will be preaching on Daniel Prophet. Hallelujah. From the Old Testament. Praise God. Here's a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a speaker. I'm a writer. I'm a creator, a creative, a godly creative. I have a clothing brand called Light Brand Clothing Company. Be sure to check it out. Get you some godly gear this fall. I got some awesome hoodies. Shoot, if I have time, I might have to, you know, throw a little plug in there. Uh, I'm God's Greatness Ambassador. I'm completing my Master's of Divinity at Fuller Theological Seminary. I am an Ohio State graduate from the Ohio State University. Uh, I'm an accomplished D1 women's basketball player. Yes, I was a collegiate athlete, played a little bit overseas, and um, thankful, thankful to have that experience to tie into ministry. I'm a Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky native, although I reside in Columbus, Ohio. Hallelujah. I have a question for you, beloved greats. Did you know that it's God's will for you to be great? Here's another one. Did you know that you are the greatness of God? Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you know that God is great in you? Praise the name of the Lord. So tonight I will be ministering on Daniel the prophet. And my sermon title for tonight's sermon is Daniel's greatness. Daniel's greatness. Hallelujah. Coming from the book of Daniel. Praise God. Hallelujah. So beloved greats, please click like, comment, and share this broadcast. Let someone else um, know that, uh, that, that, that I'm on so they can be blessed as well. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm going to get right into my sermon. So I'm talking about Daniel. The book of Daniel, um, biblical scholars consider it to be authored by Daniel himself. Some debate, but mostly biblical scholars believe that, that Daniel himself wrote uh, the book of Daniel. Now, Daniel was during this time when he, when his, during the book of Daniel, all, all the, all the um, accounts and experiences in the book of Daniel, uh, he, at the time, he was a Jewish exile from Israel. He was exiled to, um, Jewish exile from, from Israel, taken captive in Babylon. Hallelujah. Praise God. So now I want to talk about this figure called King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar. I know if you've read the book of Daniel or if you're a Bible reader, you've heard of King Nebuchadnezzar. So I like, I heard in a, a class that I took one time in a, a prophet class, he said that um, some scholars have referred to King Nebuchadnezzar with the nickname of King Nebi. So going forward in the sermon, if I say King Nebi, I'm referring to King Nebuchadnezzar because sometimes Nebuchadnezzar can be long and hard to say. So I'm just going to refer to King Nebuchadnezzar as King Nebi, King Nebi. That's kind of funny. All right. So I want to talk to you a little bit about King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar or King Nebi, he led the Babylonians to victory um, at the Battle of Carchemish as a prince because his father was king. And uh, as a prince and commander of the Babylonian army, he was crowned king after his father died. Um, he was a historical figure um, during Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and also Daniel's time. So be sure to, I know a couple of our speakers mentioned uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, those who covered um, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Um, king Nebuchadnezzar was a historical king during that time. King Nebi, he came to uh, Jerusalem 
and to conquer it. So his his goal was to conquer the whole territory, Egypt, Assyrian, that that whole coalition. So he had Jerusalem uh, in his sights, which was where Daniel and all the the royals of Judah and the the noble families were. So he came to Jerusalem to conquer it. And this is around 605 BC before Christ. And what I found interesting when I was reading about this is that um, the Bible says that the Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim, who was the king of Judah at that time, King Jehoiakim. So when Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem, the Bible says that the Lord gave, gave King Nebi victory, victory over Jehoiakim uh, of Judah. That's very interesting. Hallelujah. And he allowed King Nebi to take uh, sacred objects from the temple of God. And King Nebi took those objects and he put them in like a treasure house where he kept all of his other gods that he worshiped, all of their other idols and trinkets and treasures. So he just took, God let him take those objects from, from the holy temple, you know, back to, to his area where he keeps all of his, you know, things that he worships for, with, for his other gods. Um, now this is a, a point that I want you to keep in mind with this, even while evil seems to be prevailing, know that God is still in control. So while King Nebuchadnezzar was going in to invade Jerusalem, I'm sure the people were just upheavaled, afraid, terrified because they knew what was coming. God was in control of all of this. And the Bible says that God let King Nebi conquer Jerusalem. So no matter what's going on in our lives, even while evil see, seems to be prevailing, know that God is still in control. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now let's move on to Daniel. How did Daniel end up in King Nebi's court? Um, because once King, ne King Nebuchadnezzar took over Jerusalem, he took captives and he brought them all to Babylon. And Daniel and his friends and family and everyone related and families and, and nobles, they were all captured and taken to Babylon. So how did Daniel end up in King Nebuchadnezzar's court? Um, so Daniel was a young man uh, of Judah, um, royal and of noble family. He was brought up uh, into Babylon as a captive, um, again, when King Nebi took over Jerusalem. And uh, King Nebi was very dominant, as I stated. You know, he had, he was ambitious. He wanted to rule over all. And he succeeded, you know, quite a bit. So after Daniel was captured, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered his chief of staff uh, to bring in some of the young men that he had captured um, from the tribe of Judah. And he wanted to groom them. He wanted to train them to work in his court. Um, and there's an expectation that he had, you know, they had to be able to be high, high mental altitude. And so King Nebi asked his chief of staff to bring these young men of Judah to the palace. And um, he had a, a request. He wanted strong, healthy, good looking young men who had strong mental aptitude and who could successfully serve uh, in the royal palace after they were trained, you know, for three years. So Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were the four that uh, the chief of staff chose. And he brought these young men uh, into training to serve in King Nebi's court. And uh, let me talk about their names. So, um, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are Hebrew names. Um, and it symbolizes Yahweh's covenant, Yahweh's covenant. Now, once they became Babylonian captives and they were starting to serve in King Nebi's court, um, their names were changed. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted their names to change to Babylonian names, which is a pagan name. So instead of Daniel, Daniel now is going to be called uh, Belteshazzar. And Hananiah was going to be called Shadrach, and Meshach was going to be, uh, be called Meshach, and Azariah was going to be called Abednego. And I know those names are very familiar, even from childhood Bible stories. So, um, so now we have these four young, strong men 
who have been taken out of their native land. Now they're in this pagan land, pagan territory where, you know, Yahweh is, is not worshiped. Um, they, you know, everyone around them in, in the king's court, they have other gods that they worship. And so I'm sure they're wondering, like, what, what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to survive? What's going to happen to us? So um, now I want to shift the focus to Daniel. Um, and Daniel in verse 8, let me read verse 8. He was determined. Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the king's food. So what the King Nebuchadnezzar did he had these four young men and he wanted to feed them specifically from his own kitchen um, because he wanted to groom them to be strong, uh, to have high mental aptitude and to be prepared to serve him, you know, in his court. So he said, I'm going to feed them right from my kitchen. So after the, the four, four of them, Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, after they, after they uh, received that message, um, the Bible says that Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the king's food. Um, and, and, I, and I was, as I was reading that, I was wondering, it's like, hmm, why would Daniel say or within himself that eating the king's food would defile himself? It says Daniel was determined to be great for God by remaining faithful to God's covenant of greatness through the Mosaic law. So Daniel understood the Mosaic law and that there were rules that they were to follow um, under the law of Moses. Uh, and partaking of idols, food, uh, would defile their temple. And that translates, you know, spiritually as to, you know, spiritually defile. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. So Daniel was determined not to defile himself. Let me just read that in, in verse 8. Uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, um, God's blessing appointment to uh, at the king's palace. So um, now Daniel and his three friends are in the king's palace. And verse 8 says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. So these foods were unacceptable to Daniel because they did not fall in line with the Mosaic covenant that he was connected to because he was from the tribe of Judah. And in King Nebi's court was pagan gods. So uh, Daniel, his three friends will be eating pagan food. Now Daniel and his three friends were all from the tribe of Judah. So they all followed the same, uh, the same lead. Now God, verse nine, now God had given the chief of staff in King Nebi's court, both respect and affection for Daniel. Pay attention to this, beloved greats. Uh, verse 9 says, Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection to, for Daniel. Now I said earlier that God is in control. So God's hand is working here. He gave, uh, he gave Daniel and his three friends favor with the chief of staff. And verse 10, But the chief of staff said, he responded, I'm afraid of my Lord, the King, referring to King Nebi, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. So this was an order from King Nebuchadnezzar that they were supposed to eat his food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other you age, I'm afraid the King will have me beheaded. So the chief of staff was fearful and I would be fearful too. You know, I'm serving the King. I'm his right hand. And I'm supposed to follow his lead. Um, so he explained that to to Daniel and, and his three friends. Um, and verse 11, Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hanai, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, verse 11 says, Daniel spoke. So I, I call this Daniel steps up. Daniel steps up. Daniel steps up. Now, he steps up and says, out of all, all, all four of them, Daniel is the one who spoke up. And so he steps up and says, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this. We're not going to violate the Mosaic law. We're going to stay faithful to God no matter what. Hallelujah. Verse 9, go back to verse 9. Now God, God, God took action on Daniel's behalf because Daniel took initiative to stand for the greatness of God by not submitting to the worshiping of other gods. 
God gave him favor with King Nebi's chief of staff. Why did God give Daniel and his three friends favor? Because they stood for what they believed in, serving Yahweh, serving God, and not compromising uh, because they're in an a pagan environment. Not compromise and say, no, we're going to stand for God. We're going to follow God. We're going to obey God no matter what is happening in our environment, no matter what type of pressure is on us, even if it means death, we are going to follow God. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I want you to note that the Bible says Daniel is the one that spoke up. Keep that in mind as, as I progress. Daniel was the one uh, that spoke up. Verse 11, Daniel spoke up confidently in the power of God and proposed a divine test. Now we know this as the Daniel fast. We know this as the Daniel fast. In verse 12, Daniel says, please, to the chief of staff, he said, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Daniel said, we're going to eat veggies and water. This is, he's talking to the chief of staff. The chief of staff said, I'm scared. I'm scared to do this. So Daniel said, test us on veggies and water for 10 days. That's all we're going to eat for 10 days, veggies, vegetables, and we're going to drink water. 10 days, he said, test us. So he proposed this to the chief of staff. And how did Daniel know that fasting would give them the advantage over all the other young men? Because Daniel and his three friends, they were not the only young men that were being groomed to serve uh, in the king's court. There were also pagan men, but Daniel and his three friends were the only ones from the tribe of Judah, the, the captives that, that, that were chosen. So he was amongst, it was a comp, in a sense, a competition. So he was amongst other young men um, from, from that territory who were not a part of the tribe of Judah, who were not captives. So in a sense, it was like a competition. So my question is, when I read this to God, I said, well, how did Daniel know that fasting would give them the, the advantage over the other young, young men? So here are three possible reasons. Fasting was a practice of the Mosaic covenant. Now, the only day during the Mosaic law that they were, the Israelites were required to fast was during the Day of Atonement. We know that as Yom, Yom Kippur, which is like a day of repentance and uh, reverence and honoring God. That was the only required day of fasting. But fasting was a regular practice. Remember that God fed um, the children in the wilderness manna. They did not eat the meat of Egypt. That was long gone once they crossed the Red Sea and now they're in the wilderness. So all they ate was heavenly manna. So that was that was purification. That was fasting as well as they were getting their minds renewed so they can make it into and cross over into the promised land. So fasting was a part uh, of the Mosaic covenant. Praise God. Keep that in mind. Fasting is a part of our covenant with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Next, God was with him. So God gave his spirit, gave Daniel insight on how to overcome in this situation, how to survive in this situation. And lastly, Daniel prayed. The Bible doesn't say that Daniel prayed during this particular time, but I, I can pretty, I can imagine because he's so close, was so close to God that he prayed, whether it be with his three friends or off to himself. And, and as we progress through, through the book of, of, of Daniel, we can see several times when Daniel prayed. So those are the three possible reasons how Daniel knew to do a 10-day fast, as we know as, as, as the Daniel fast of veggies and water. Um, and at the end of these 10 days, the Bible says that Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished. That means their countenance was healthy and bright and radiant. Um, they looked fit. Um, they had mental clarity. So those are some of the benefits of fasting, a radiant countenance, uh, mental clarity, uh, increased health uh, and strength and higher spiritual discernment in revelation in Jesus name. The Bible says Daniel history fans looked healthier and better nourished than the other young men who were eating the king's food. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 17, God gave, uh, Daniel, his three friends, um, as a result of them completing this 10 day fast, here's what God did. He gave them unusual mental aptitude for understanding 
every aspect of literature and wisdom. Because in King Nebi's court, he wanted young boys who had high mental aptitude. And so after Daniel and his three friends completed this 10 day fast, God gave them, verse 17, unusual aptitude. That means supernatural mental ability and gift, understanding for every aspect of literature and wisdom. And he did something very special for Daniel. He gave him the special gift or ability to interpret all visions and dreams. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 18. No one impressed King Nebi as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Praise God. So after um, this 10-day fast, after their training for three years, um, the chief of staff brought Daniel and his three friends before King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebi questioned them and interviewed them. And the conclusion was, out of all the young men, the Bible doesn't say how many young men were there, but out of all the young men, Daniel and his three friends impressed King Nebi the most. Think about that, beloved greats. Think about that. Wow. Um, their obedience to God, following God's instructions, gave them favor in pagan territory. So that corresponds to when we're on the job, when we're out in the world trying to succeed, when we're in academia, getting degrees, what will give us the advantage? What will give us the advantage over the world? That where we might not be as smart as them, we may not have PhDs, we may not have wealth in our bloodline, but the favor of God and the obedience to God and the greatness of God upon our lives and the wisdom that God gives us will set us apart because we'll have unusual aptitude. We'll be able to see things that others can't see. We'll be able to speak and say things that others can't even reach because greater is he who is within us than he who is you know, without Christ in the world. So if you're saved, beloved greats, you have the advantage. There's no more of, well, you know, they're racist against me or, well, you know, they're discriminated against me because I'm a woman. To God, it doesn't matter. It's about the favor of God. And Daniel's story, his three friends, an example of that. However, they had to obey God and they had to follow and do exactly what God said to do. See, God will give us a scheme or strategy that fits our situation so we can rise up and succeed. So remember, beloved grace, you are never stuck. No matter where you are in life, you are never stuck because God promises that he will make a way of escape for you. Amen. In Jesus Christ, my name. Let's continue on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 16. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, um, let's, let's shift to net back to King Nebi. So if you're familiar with the story of Daniel, King Nebi started having these crazy dreams. Dist the Bible says disturbing dreams. I'm reading from the NLT. The Bible says disturbing dreams that to dreams to where he couldn't even sleep. So he was perplexed. He was probably fearful. Like, what is going on? Why am I having these crazy dreams? Um, and verse 14, um, in, uh, he said, and he said he was verse 12, he was having these disturbing dreams and couldn't sleep. So King Nebi verse 12 ordered all wise men to be killed. Uh, and this included Daniel and his three friends. Now he ordered, he put this decree out because no one in his court, none of his magicians, none of his enchanters, none of his sorcerers, um, none of his astrologers could help King Nebi. None of them could interpret his dreams. None of them. They could give him the meaning. Uh, and he, they even tried to trick them. Well, tell us what the, what the dream is about. And then maybe we can try to give you the meaning. So King Nebi was furious that he had, he had all these magicians on staff and all these enchanters, astrologers, and uh, all this divination and all this, um, you know, sorcerers, you know, on his staff, but none of them could help. None of them could help him. So he put a decree out that all wise men shall be put to death. And this included Daniel and his three friends. Wow. Lot, lots, lots of fear in the land when King never, King, when the king puts a decree out that, you know, people should be put to death. Um, so if we go to uh, verse 14, chapter 2, verse 14. 
Hallelujah. And we're talking about Daniel's greatness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I get excited. Verse 14. Here we go. Um, so Daniel steps up again. Daniel steps up again. In verse 14, he steps up and he handles the situation with wisdom and discretion. So um, King Nebi's court and his armies and commanders went out looking for all of these wise men. And they come, they come to Daniel and his three friends where they're living. And he explains to Daniel that we're getting ready to put you to death. And instead, instead of Daniel panicking, instead of him um, trying to flee, the Bible says that he remained calm uh, and because he, the Bible says that he handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. So I interpret that as he remained calm because he trusted God to protect and to deliver him. He remained calm. Verse 14, he handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. How many times in our lives have we received bad news, troubling news, whether it be with our family, on the job, uh, and we overreact? Or, you know, someone says something to us out of the way, or, you know, something, some sort of catastrophe happens and, you know, to us personally, or bad news comes to our door. And the first thing we do is we overreact. We panic. We get in fear. We start speaking things we should. We start trying to work things out. Uh, in our own strength, or we just, we point the finger, or we just don't even deal with it. We just escape. And, um, but the Bible says when Daniel's three friends handled this news, uh, received this news that Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. So here's another example where Daniel steps up again. There's four of them and Daniel keeps stepping up. He keeps stepping up. Uh, to try to remedy, resolve, protect, help, you know, uh, try to handle things in the wisdom uh, of God. He remained calm because he trusted God to protect and to deliver him. This takes me to Psalm 91. When I was reading this passage, Psalm 91 uh, came to my spirit. Uh, Psalm 91 verses 1 through 2. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and whom I trust. When I when I read this about Daniel, this seemed to be the resolve that we have, that he had. And we can have the same resolve, um, according to Psalm 91, which is the Psalm of Protection. Whoever dwells in the shelter, whoever, whomever, whoever, whoever you are, there's no, not whoever, anybody, anyone, who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's a calm spirit, a calm, peaceful spirit. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. I will say, very important, is what you say. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust or in whom I trust. Beloved Grace, we be, should be saying that every day, especially during these times. Of, of fear in the land, uncertainty in the land. Uh, are you saying, he, God, is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and whom I trust. This is what Daniel was saying uh, in Jesus' name when uh, death was knocking at his door. Verse 16. So after Daniel received this news, he handled the situation with some discretion. What he did next, remember Daniel steps up again. There's, there's three others, but only Daniel keeps stepping up. So Daniel went out at once. The Bible says Daniel went out at once to see the king to request more time to interpret his dream. So Daniel went directly to the King Nebi. So that's the favor of God. During that time, there was no way someone could just approach um, the king's throne without danger of being beheaded. So the Bible says Daniel at once, he didn't wait two days, a day, he didn't go talk to anyone. Daniel went at once. Again, who went? Daniel went at once. He had three other friends, but he keep, Daniel keeps stepping up. Daniel went at once to see the king to request more time to interpret his dream. See, Daniel knew God had already given him the gift of, of inability to interpret visions and dreams. 
remember I talked about that God rewarded Daniel with this um, unusual um, ability to interpret all visions and dreams. So Daniel knew that. Um, and uh, God gave Daniel more greatness because I believe he continued to step up. I believe that God continued to give Daniel more greatness because he continued to step up. Now, had Meshach stepped up in the very beginning, the book would be called the book of Meshach or the book of Hananiah or, you know, but it's called the book of Daniel. And I believe it's because Daniel continued to step up. So God continued to give Daniel greatness because he continued to step up. God increases his greatness upon our lives when we step up for him. When we step up to the challenge, when we step up, when God says, I want you to go here, I want you to pray for this person. I want you to start to build this, start to build that. I want you to start a ministry. I want you to build a business. I want you to write a book. Um, I want you to minister to this person. I want you to pray. I want you to intercede. I want you to wake up at two, three in the morning and get out of bed and pray. Um, I want you to, you know, uh, give money to this person or, you know, I want you to give away this. I want you to be a blessing to someone. See, God is looking for those. Um, in our session um, on Isaiah, um, Isaiah said, here I am, Lord. It's willingness. Uh, be sure to watch that video on Teacher Jamie uh, Goodrow on the prophet Isaiah. Uh, she covered it beautifully. Isaiah said, here I am, Lord. Send me. And see, Daniel continued to receive the greatness of God and increase uh, because he would step up. He would step up when death was knocking at the door. At once, Daniel, it didn't say his three friends. It said Daniel went to the king. Daniel had this handled the situation uh, confidently. Um, Daniel was the one who proposed the veggies in the water um, test. It was Daniel. It was Daniel. It could have been Hananiah, but Hananiah didn't step up. Uh, Daniel was the one. So as a result, I believe that um, God continued to give Daniel greatness, his greatness, uh, because he continued to step up. Verse 17, chapter 2, verse 17 and 23. Uh, let me read that. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're talking about Daniel's greatness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 17, chapter 2, verse 17. Um, then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. See, Daniel had just found out about the decree from King Nebuchadnezzar. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret, the secret of uh, the meaning of King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. So where did they get the answer? They went to God. They didn't turn to academia. They didn't turn to social media. They didn't turn to family. They didn't turn to friends. They didn't turn to the pastor. They didn't turn. They turned to God for the secret, for the answer. Hallelujah. Praise God. So they would, so they would not be executed. Remember, beloved grace, this is life or death along with the other wise men in Babylon. So all of the wise men in Babylon were going to be killed. So they knew that they had to go to the source of omniscience, the one who is all knowing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. That night, verse 19, that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision that night, that night. So God didn't wait in this situation. He answered that prayer that night because it was urgent. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Hallelujah. He praised the God of heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God answered that prayer in the midnight hour, just when they needed it. Hallelujah. Praise God. So as a result, Daniel praised God. And see, that's what God wants. He wants our praise. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to trust him and to rely upon him for all things, for the answer, whatever answer that you need, beloved great. Um, God has it. God has it. Go to God. He'll show you the way. He'll show you the right door to walk through. He'll show you. He'll give you a plan, a strategy for your life. Hallelujah. As I said earlier, we don't have to stay stuck in any situation. You don't have to stay stuck in failure. You don't have to stay stuck in poverty. You don't have to stay stuck in fear. You don't have to stay bound in your body. 
God makes a way of escape, but we have to go to him just as Daniel and his three friends did. They went to God and said, God, what do we do? This is the situation. This is what's happening. Uh, we, you know, we're going to be killed if, if we can't come up with the answer. But remember, beloved, great, it was Daniel. It was Daniel that caused the delay. He went to the king and said, King Nebi, hold, hold. I, I think I can get the answer for you. Give us more time. Give us more time. And, and because the favor of God was on his life and the greatness of God was on his life, King Nebi said, yes, he gave him more time and he, and God showed up and gave him the answer. Praise God. Hallelujah. The answer to uh, King Nebi's dream. So God indeed gave them the answer and Daniel praised God. Daniel interpreted King Nebi's dream and he was rewarded by being placed into a high position in King Nebi's court. Praise God. Hallelujah. He received a high position uh, and gave, and Nebi gave him a high position and gave him very valuable gifts. So um, Daniel was greatly increased. He was radically increased. Why? Because he kept stepping up. He kept showing God, I got this. I can do this. He kept stepping up. He kept stepping out of the boat without fear. Hallelujah. Praise God. He kept stepping up in the midst of challenges. Hallelujah. With his faith in God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, King Nebi made Daniel ruler over the whole providence of Babylon. So it's like he became governor of or, you know, of, of the whole providence of Babylon. That's a pretty high title. Um, and and uh, Daniel went to the king on behalf of his three friends and said, will you give them a great position? So King Nebi um, gave, at Daniel's request, his three friends also received a great position. So even though his three friends were just kind of encouraging, yeah, you go, Dan, yeah, you go. They also received uh, the blessing as a result of Daniel's obedience to God. And as a result of their covenant, um, and their connection as being you know, a part of the tribe of Judah uh, of the Mosaic law. Hallelujah, Mosaic covenant. Praise God, hallelujah. This is such an awesome story. Praise God, hallelujah. So everyone is secure now. So there's no more fear at this time of their lives being threatened. The greatness of God brings increase, earthly rewards, and positions of power. Now, I say that because I don't want you to think that this is about prosperity. Actually, this is about the greatness of God and the results, the benefits, uh, which, which um, we should be willing to receive just as Daniel did. The greatness of God brings increased earthly rewards and positions of power. God needs Christians, believers, true followers of Christ in positions of power in the earth today. That's the only way laws are going to change in a godly way. That's the only way the wisdom of God can be applied to legislation. That's the only way healthcare can be reformed um, for um, underserved uh, communities. That's the only way the education system can improve. We have to have believers, Christians, strong Christians who are not afraid to speak the truth, who also bring solutions uh, and the wisdom of God. See, Daniel, in this situation that he was placed in, he was never um, trying to overtake King Nebuchadnezzar. He was acting in wisdom and discretion, allowing God to tell him what to do. See, it was about strategy. So that's why God needs in positions of power. And once he gets us into positions of power, he will give us the strategy to, to, to move into that position of to conquer, to take over, or to be the head, just as he did uh, with Daniel. So, beloved Greg, you may be uh, at an entry-level position, but if you're connected to God, God has a plan for you with that company. God has a plan for you in that educational system. Um, so don't feel like, well... I'm just working in environmental service, cleaning, cleaning buildings, you know. Yeah, you may be there now, but if you're get connected to the greatness of God, God will give you a plan. You never know. You be, could, could become the CEO of that company um, by following the plan of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The greatness of God brings increased earthly rewards and positions of power. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. So this takes me to Hebrews 11.6. Um, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But please know, beloved Grace, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Are you a diligent seeker? Are you diligently seeking God? Are you diligently uh, focused on pleasing God? Hallelujah. And being great for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The greatness of God brings increase, earthly rewards, and positions of power uh, upon your life. In Jesus' name, praise God. Hallelujah. So, beloved greats, no matter where you are today, it's God's will for you to be great. God is great in you. God is great in you. So, what, early on in my walk, I went to this church revival and I was new. I was in this environment and the pastor or preacher at the time was in the pulpit and he was preaching and people were shouting and I'm looking around, don't really know what's going on. Uh, and, and the pastor said, God is great. He said that, and everybody started saying, oh, God is great, God is great. So I joined in. Yeah, God is great. I'm lifting my hands. God is great. God is great. And then it's almost as if the pastor heard me, and he looked at me, and he said, God is great in you. And I remember it was as if he was speaking to me. God is great in you. And so I received that seed, and I meditated. It never left me, and I just kept meditating. God is great in you. God is great in you. Uh, and it just... I got it. God is great in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Greatness is in our DNA. The greatness of God is in our DNA. Praise God. Now, my question to you, beloved great, is do you know who the greatness of God is? The greatness of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatness of God is the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when we refer to greatness as believers, what we're really saying is what we're really whose name we're calling is Jesus because he is the greatness of God. See, when God, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and ascended to heaven, he left greatness in the earth. The spirit of God is greatness. It's called greatness. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we can receive the greatness of God by the grace of God. In Jesus' name, God is great in you. Greatness is in your DNA by faith. The word of God is greatness. The word of God is the great news. God is great in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can say, I am the greatness of God. as Just as you would say, I'm the righteousness of God. God is great in you. Praise God. Now, if you desire the greatness of God for your life, just as I do. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Before I pray, I want to share with you that I was walking to my car about 10 years ago, 11 years ago now. And I had this hunger and desire to be more. I was looking around at my life and I said, God, my life should be better than this. I'm better than this. And I didn't understand quite why I was where I was, but that point, that doesn't matter. But I started to awaken and say, wait a minute, this is, I'm better than this. I'm more than this. And see, that was the Holy Spirit working on the inside of me saying, Marita, that's more for you. You haven't even reached your full potential yet. And so as I was walking to my car at night, it was one night, I was walking to my car and from my heart, I'll never forget this, from my heart, I said, God, give me greatness. And I had no idea what that, what I was saying, what I was asking for. Um, and after that, God began to show me that Jesus Christ is greatness, that the greatness of God that I'm desiring is the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you want to be more in your life. Maybe you feel like oh, I should be more than this. I should have more than this. I should be experiencing more than this. Um, I should be at the top. I shouldn't be living a mediocre life. See, God has more for us. God says, I can't even have life and have life more abundantly. Um, but it's God's will for you to be great. It's God's will for you to be great, to experience the things that are in God's word, to receive God's promises. So if you desire the greatness of God upon your life, pray this prayer with me. Dear God, give me greatness. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Praise God. I guarantee you, if you mean it from your heart, God will begin to show you that through Jesus Christ, the greatness of God by the power of the Holy Spirit is dwelling within you. And all you have to do is manifest it by meditating on the word of God day and night. Letting God change the way you think by renewing your mind according to Romans 12 too. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. The greatness of God uh, exemplified in Daniel, in the book of Daniel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that that message blessed you uh, in Jesus name on the greatness of God. God is great in you. Hallelujah. So my sermon title was Daniel's greatness. So I want to quickly touch on some sermon points just to help you to fully grasp um, this sermon on the greatness of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Daniel's greatness, eight points. Please write these down. Hallelujah. God's covenant of greatness, i.e. born again or salvation. So in order to receive the greatness of God, you have to be in covenant with God. See, God's covenant is greatness. But if you're living apart from God, if you're living in sin, the kingdom of greatness is not at hand for you. Although it is at hand for you, when you call out to God and say, be my personal Lord and Savior, you now have access to be born again, to learn about the great news and the greatness of God and understanding how great God is within you. It's God's covenant of greatness. And all that means is that you must be born again in order to come into his sheepfold of greatness. Praise God. He showed Daniel, showed, Daniel showed great strength and courage. So these are eight points that Daniel displayed um, for the greatness of God. He showed great strength and courage. So that, that's what great strength and courage is in the word of God. Daniel simply stepped up to difficult challenges. Daniel stepped up to difficult, difficult challenges. Remember, I kept saying that he had three other friends, but Daniel was the one who kept stepping up. The book could have been called, you know, the book of Hananiah, the book of, you know, as Raya. It could have been called something else, but only Daniel continued to step up. He prayed to God and trusted him. Daniel prayed to God and trusted him. Prayer and trusting God. Daniel refused to submit to pagan gods. He was faithful to Yahweh. He was faithful to God. Daniel operated in godly wisdom. Daniel did not panic nor respond in fear, but responded in faith uh, and, and, and greatness. Daniel did not panic nor respond in fear, but responded in faith and greatness. Daniel blessed his friends. His actions blessed his friends. So when we step up for the greatness of God, doors continue to open. Your household becomes more blessed. Your children become more blessed. I'm encouraging you, beloved great, to step up. Step up. Step out of the boat. Step up for God. Hallelujah, because God is great in you. All right, let's tackle some theology questions. Hallelujah. Why do biblical scholars consider the book of Daniel to be a major prophetic book? So um, Daniel's book, along with Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Lamentations, those are considered major prophetic books. Um, and the book of Daniel is considered a prophetic, a major prophetic book uh, because there are prophecies of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in the book of Daniel. So that makes the book of Daniel, a prophetic book, uh, because there are prophecies of the Lord Jesus Christ within the book of Daniel. Why is the book of Daniel important to the body of Christ? The book of Daniel is important to the body of Christ because of the prophecies uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, but because there's so much faith that Daniel displayed when he was thrown into the lion's den. Um, examples of Daniel's greatness that I just uh, ministered on, um, how God was moving strategically in Daniel's life uh, to position him um, to display his greatness. Um, and this book is, is very important also because of the prophecies, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, there's so much more uh, to Daniel's story. I encourage you to, to read uh, the book of Daniel, but this sermon was focused on Daniel's greatness. Hallelujah. Scriptural meaning is to believers. 
this uh, jumped out at me, Daniel 2.20, when God answered, answered their prayers about King Nebuchadnezzar's um, meaning of his dream. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. Praise. Praise. We must praise God. Praise him for your health. Praise him for, um, you know, your salvation. Praise him for the word of God. Praise him that you can, you have a roof over your head. Praise him that you have your two legs. You have all of your limbs. Praise him for the job that you have, the income, the money that you have coming in. Praise him for being able to pray for someone. Uh, praise God. Spend more time. We need to spend more time praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What can we learn about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, through the prophet Daniel? Now, uh, in uh, chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, let's turn to that. Verses 13, chapter 7, verse 13. As my vision continued that night, so Daniel was having visions. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. So Daniel has, is having a vision about the Lord Jesus Christ and the, the foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus Christ is one thing that we can learn uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ in the prophet Daniel. He speaks on the coming Messiah, just as many of the other prophets do, particularly Isaiah. Hallelujah. Beloved greats, that concludes um, tonight's uh, series segment of the major prophets of God. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, huge thanks and greatness blessings to Elder Diane Anderson, Teacher Jamie Goodrow, um, and Pastor Mark Lewis. They all did an awesome job. Please go back and watch the replays, um, share those replays, comment on those replays. There's so much, so much greatness uh, and uh, word and uh, power and anointing and revelation, you know, in those series that uh, you can, that will definitely bless you and give you greater insight into the lives of these prophets. Amen. Praise God. And I just want to uh, encourage you, beloved greats, to, to stay with God, stay with the word of God. Uh, continue to let God um, be the light of your life, um, be the center of your life. And God has so much more for you. So if you feel uh, broken today, if you feel like, oh, my life didn't turn out the way it should have, um, it's not over. It's not over. Uh, God has the final say. And if you're willing to submit to God and go to God and cry out to God, uh, for his spirit, for his, for he's done so much for us, giving us grace, giving us greatness. Uh, and we can have as much as God as we desire. And it's all right here in the word of God. I didn't understand how important it was to read the Bible. See, the Bible is living water, living water to our soul, living water to our spirit. Uh, Elder Diane ministered on Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. Um, and Wanting to be great for God uh, is a desire. It should be a desire for your heart. And greatness doesn't, doesn't mean a big platform. Being great on your job, being a great spouse, being a great husband, being a great uh, wife, a great employee, you know, um, being kind and, and, and loving, you know, and, and forgiving and merciful. You know, those are all under the umbrella of God's greatness, walking in the love of God. It's God's will for you to be great. It's not God's will for you to be mediocre. It's God's will for you to step up. So if God has given you something to do for him, I'm encouraging you, beloved, great, to start doing it. You, don't, you may not even know how. You may not have the resources, but we have access to the power to start. Just start building it, whatever it is. Learn how to do it. Research, study, pray. Find people who are doing what God has called you to do and learn from them. Pray to God. Praise God. Look for examples in the word of God of people who were great for God. Everyone in the word of God who was connected to the bloodline of Jesus Christ. The greatness of God was upon their lives. It's evident. You could see it. Great faith 
um, rose up to challenges. That what's what was in Daniel is inside of us. What was in Daniel was God's spirit of greatness. As he kept stepping up out of all out of his three friends, he's the one that kept stepping up. So you be the one, beloved great, to step up, start that podcast, uh, preach that sermon. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you'll get better over time. But we just have to go for it. The time is now. The fields are ripe. It's God's will for you to be great. He has so much more for you. And just as he was showing Daniel visions, as you go forth, God will show you visions. He will speak to you. He will show you what's to come in your life. Not to overwhelm you, but to encourage you. So that you don't feel like, well, God, what about me? I'm just like the little bird on the rooftop. God is with you. Maybe you feel alone today. Maybe you're unmarried, you're by yourself, no family, um, feeling as if no one loves you. God loves you. He died on a cross for you. And he died to give you his spirit of greatness. We can't accomplish anything on our own. We need God every single day just to get out of bed. We need God. We need God's favor and protection. We need his promises. So don't count yourself out because God hasn't counted you out. Believe in yourself because God believes in you. It's God's will for you to be great. Thank you for tuning in. Please click like, comment, and share this broadcast. In Jesus' name, it's God's will for you to be great. God is great in you. No weapon formed against your greatness will prosper. In Jesus' name, amen.